Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. This is Jason Roundsville. I'm joined today, as always, with my co-host, Dylan Ray. And today we have from American Hunt, we have Nick Alano from American Hunt. So Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, it was it was great to be able to finally meet you uh last week in in Reno. So that was kind of nice. People that you hear about and talk to, and then all of a sudden, bam, uh there they are in you know, shaking your hand is, is always a nice thing for me. Yeah, I had, I had a great time at the show. It was it was really cool to be there. Um, we we met a lot of really really cool people. I didn't I didn't meet a single person that that rubbed me the wrong way. Every everyone was just just greeted us with open arms, and uh, that's really what I love about this community. It really didn't matter who it was. Yeah, and that just blows me away because having been in the outdoor industry for a long time, it, it seems that a lot of places that you go you run into the, you know, I'll call him Mr. Ego or, or uh, Jimmy Big Time, and you just don't see that at, at Pope and Young. I mean, you can you can literally be sitting down talking to somebody, and then you walk away, and, and somebody will be like, do you know who that was? And you're like, no. And then it'll be like some, <laughs> some legendary figure, and then you feel like an idiot. You're like, oh, my gosh, I was just talking to them. I didn't even realize. So, Yeah, that happened to me three times. Yeah, and it's and that you're just talking to them like it's a regular guy, and they're asking you questions about the fork and horn you shot, just like it was, you know, their 29th, 
you know, species uh, getting their slam. It's it's amazing, and they're genuinely interested. No, they, they are, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, for for instance, I, I was talking to to Chris Parrish, and. I just thought he was a good guy at first and, and, you know, we, we just got to talk and we were hanging out a few times and then I, I learned who he was and what he's done for the industry. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I had no idea. Right. Yeah. Just, just, There's... just all, all out legends that, that just want to yeah. hang out, have a good time, talk about hunting. And, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to bow hunting and literally if I had any kind of question or, or they, they were giving me really great insights, it, it was, it was awesome. That's great. What was your highlight? So being there for the week, what was your your personal highlight? I had a few. Broadly speaking, it was just great to get out there and meet all these people in the community. Um, that that was awesome. Uh, there was also a, uh, a a party that was on. I forgot the room number, but that 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 was pretty epic. Um, and, and th- there's a lot of legendary people that were in that room. And once again, it, it was really eye-opening being up till two in the morning. And then there's a 70-year-old guy that's in twice as good a shape with me that's able to hang just as long as people that are in their 20s. And oh, that's, yeah. that, that's a testament to bow hunting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That was cool. I mean, literally every day was, was an experience. Um, s- something new happened every day. We've learned about something every day we met someone incredibly interesting every day um so it's, so it's hard to just pinpoint any one thing because everything was so new to us and right. uh we, we loved it all that's great i literally described it to my wife as as being a kid in a candy store because we walked in and i'm like oh Chrissy, this is Jack Frost. And then we walk to the next person. I'm like, oh, Chrissy, this is Tom Miranda. And then we go to the next person. I'm like, oh, Chrissy, this is Frank Noska. And then we go, and I'm like, Alan Bolin. And you just walk around the room and it's like, holy crap, this is that person, you know? <laughs> oh, it, it, it's kind of neat because um, I was actually watching an outdoor TV show. The I don't have cable, but I was at, was at my dad's place at the, or my parents' house at the coast. And we just sat down. It was pretty windy outside. So we went in and, and we're just watching TV for a little bit. And it was kind of cool because on the outdoor channel, here was some episode and it was, you know, Michael Waddell. And I was like, oh, he's going to be our speaker. And then it was, you know, Nick Munch. Oh, we just had him on on the show a couple of weeks. And there were like the first six people that popped up on this program were all people that that we'd had a chance to to talk to on the podcast or convention or something like that. It was it was a pretty neat deal. And that's how uh, that's how the Wonders of Wildlife Bow Hunting Museum was too. I, I was walking through that, and I'm like, and of course he didn't get to come, but um, I we saw a bear mount, and it said Mr. James, and what year he killed it, and what, you know what weapon he killed it was. I'm like, Chrissy, we get to meet him next week, and uh, you know you keep walking, and you're like, oh, Chrissy, that's you know so and so's arrow, and I'm like, he'll be at show next week, and it's yeah. just it's incredible, man, the the heritage and the 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 legacy that's there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to to having our spot at that at that museum. Can't wait for that one. Yeah, they're gonna put yeah, our two mics. They're gonna put our mics up there, Jason. Oh, we'll just do a podcast right from the Wonders of Wildlife Museum. That's the, what I'm uh, talking about. The Pope and Young um, Bow Hunting Museum, National Bow Hunting Museum. That's that'd be all right. And we're yeah, gonna do yeah. one. 
Pencil. So you're going to sell your microphones r- right next to Fred Bear's hat. Yes. Yeah. That's how we, you know better, you made it. Yeah, we better do a few more podcasts. You want to talk yeah. about you want to talk about nerve wracking? Uh, when we were cleaning up, Jason, I think you're the one that said, "Hey, Dylan, grab that case and and carry it back to the office room." And I look, and it was the Fred Bear case. You know, the the hat, the case that holds the Fred Bear hat. And I'm like, "Right, oh Lord, that's a long walk with a glass case that holds Fred Bear's hat." Yeah, um, and so the whole way there, I'm like, "Please don't drop this. Please don't knock into anybody. Please don't run into." I, oh, I was nervous, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, John Gardner and one of his friends just redid that case and it looks like a million bucks before it was, you know, it looked like somebody made it in their basement and now it is phenomenal. So it's, it's really a trophy. It's really something to display. Now, now Jason, before we dive in about American hunt and what all they're going to be doing um, to kind of help the hunting industry, I, we got to tell that story, man, about that email that we received this morning, because that was a cool deal. A really cool deal. Oh my gosh. That that was that was one of those things where you instantly see it and you're like, this is exactly what you hope your organization can become. And it, it was a uh it was a video where an engagement video basically, a proposal video. And uh it, just one of those things that it floored me. They included Pope and Young wearing a Pope and Young T-shirt. And so, um, you know, they included us. So we're going to send them some Kuyu gear just for including us in something that cool. That was, it was awesome, man. He, you know, he yeah. shot the bow and she was looking through the binoculars and the balloon popped and, it, you know, behind on the target, it said, will you marry me? And, and then fireworks start going off. And I'm like, man, this guy went all out. Um, fireworks, like fireworks. big Big fireworks, man. Yeah. No, we're talking we're talking the real deal. And if you haven't seen that, it was posted on our social media uh, last week. Um, from the time this episode goes out, it was posted last week. So uh, I would encourage you to go check that out because it was really cool. And again, uh, you know, we're just proud that Pope and Young and any and, and the dad in the video. Um, what was the dad's name? You you told me who That's it was. Ernie Santana. He says make make Pope and Young proud. Make Pope and Young proud. He said so. So I posted it and said, "You sure did make Pope and Young proud." So, congratulations to the to the newly engaged couple, and uh, maybe we'll have to have them on the podcast sometime. Jason, talk about th- that's a great idea. Talk about what it means to uh, commit to a lifetime of marriage while making Pope and Young proud. I'll tell you what, man. Put that on. Put them on the list. Let's let's do that. That's too all funny. right. All right. Well, now let's get back to Nick. Nick, um, I know you're one of our our corporate partners. I've I've been excited to to learn about what you guys are doing. Why don't you give people out out there kind of a description, brief rundown of of what American Hunt is and what you guys are all about? Absolutely. So we are a platform and or a marketplace, and we're just trying to bring everyone together. So I grew up duck hunting in California, and I completely took it for granted. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to go with my dad and his friends. And uh, one of my dad's good friends, Tim, he gave me he gave me a shotgun when I first got my hunter safety. And um, I really had a sense of belonging, and I just I loved it. Well, when I moved to Louisiana, I, I was in the oil field out there. I wanted to go duck hunting, and I, I assumed it was going to be no problem because it says Sportsman's Paradise on the license plate out there. Well... I go to a gun shop and uh, 
I, I ask an, an older gentleman where to go, and he basically goes, look, son, if you could find a spot, you're looking at four grand. And I was 21 years old at the time, and I was thinking, well, it sounds like I'm not going duck hunting. And, right. then, and it was really disheartening. Um, fast forward, I ended up moving to Arkansas, and then uh, one of my friends, he, he took me under his wing, and he taught me how, how to bow hunt. He taught me how to shoot a bow. He taught me how to use a climber stand. So all of that was good and dandy, but then it came time to finding a spot. And I said, so where do I go find a spot? And he goes, just drive down the road, find a spot that looks good, throw up a tree stand, and you're good to go. So I did that, and I'm, I'm sitting in this tree, and I'm thinking, pretty sure I'm poaching right now, and I feel really uncomfortable, and I feel really vulnerable. So, so I got out of the tree, went online, and I started looking for places, and there was just nothing available. There was no websites that catered to hunters. The only things that were available were, were season-long leases, which I couldn't afford. I A, didn't have the time, and B, didn't have the money. So that's when I decided to, uh, to reach out to, to one of my, my current business partners, explain the situation. He's, he's in tech, and we decided to build American Hunt. So our whole goal is to lower the barriers of entry to get more people outdoors. And what we're doing is we're providing season, or we're, we're providing day leases. So the nine to fiver, whether it's white collar or blue collar, they can get outdoors and they can afford to go hunting because there's a lower financial and time commitment with our service. And then for landowners, what we're doing is we're giving them the ability to cash flow their land. I mean, we have some people that only have five or six acres and they throw up a tree stand and they're making over 500 bucks a season just, just by throwing up a tree stand. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're trying to get as many guides on the platform as possible. And what we're doing for guides is we're putting them on, on a national network for free, essentially. Uh, there's no upfront cost. And we're giving them that national exposure, which makes them less dependent on the word-to-mouth network. And, um, and then hopefully they could get more bookings and they could increase their businesses as well. Gotcha. So it's kind of a win-win. Exactly. It's a win-win-win-win. Um, the, the, the hunting industry, with the exception of the COVID blip, is actually shrinking. Um, and, and in my opinion, one of the big reasons why is it's becoming elite. Less and less people are owning more and more land. So it's a, it's a really common story. You talk to people, you talk to them about hunting, and they go, yeah, I used to go hunting, uh, but we sold our land, and now we don't go anymore. So A, for those people, we want to give them the ability to get back outdoors. But then uh, B, we also want to give people the ability to potentially cash flow their land so maybe they won't have to sell it. That makes sense. All right. Well, I know one of the main things that, that when I'm talking, especially to new hunters, you know, not even just new hunters, I think hunters in general, it's, it's across the board. It's harder to find a place to go than, you know, what it was 25 years ago. And, and some of that, like you talk about is, is people are buying up more land, other things. I mean, you know, I drive through some areas and it's like, wow, see that Walmart. I used to shoot geese right there. <laughs> Or, you know what, one of my favorite fields is is under that housing development. Or, man, see that see that tree in that guy's backyard? 
yeah, before that house was there, that was a, a great, great place to put a tree stand. And you see that more and more where it's, you know, urban expansions growing out. It's, it's taken some of those areas where we used to have opportunities and, and there's a real need to connect people to opportunities, be it for, you know, a day or a weekend. So, so I like, I like that concept. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because urbanization, it does affect the environment also. Um, as, as people start to expand into more rural areas, you start to see things like less predators, right? You have less bears, less wolves, less apex predators. And then what ends up happening is a lot of populations, um, like white-tailed deer in Arkansas, for instance. We have a ton of white-tailed deer right now um, because we don't have enough apex predators to really keep that population in check, or at least that's my opinion. So by, by bringing a digital approach and you could say, hey, there's a nuisance or an invasive species, whatever that may be, it could also create a win-win situation for farmers or, or who, whoever um, owns the land that's suffering from a nuisance or an invasive species. So for instance, a farmer in Texas, they may have a, a hog problem and people can pay them to take care of the hogs that are completely devastating their crops. And that's something that wasn't available, or at least it wasn't available to the masses until now. Okay. Yeah. I, cause I, as you say that, I'm like, well, I'll volunteer to help them. Exactly. Feel, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. We, we feel really good about that. Um, and then there, there's also other things like uh, conservation goose hunts and things like that. And the nice thing about nuisance and invasive species from a hunter standpoint is more than likely you're going to have more success because it's, it's a problem. Well, that and it expands your season, you know I mean? Big time. You know, bird season used to stop in, you know, for us in, in January. And then there's, there's certain seasons that go almost to March. And now you start looking, you know, some of those spring conservation seasons go April, even May. And so there's all of a sudden you can hunt, like nine out of 12 months in some of these areas. That is true. So to that point, that's actually why I picked up bow hunting because the season was so much longer and I'm such a busy guy. More than likely I was going to be missing rifle season, but with bow season, at least in Arkansas, it's about four and a half months. So I had a lot more time to just get out there. That's, you know, that's the same thing that basically what Jack, Chuck Adams told us the other day is he says, man, I just wanted to hunt more. He said, it wasn't all about killing for me, but I just wanted more time in the field. And, uh, you know, of course the guy that says it's not about killing has 200 animals in the book. So he's uh, along with just being out there hunting, he's, he's done more than his fair share of, of taking trophies, but it's, I think that provides a lot of opportunity. Same thing with me is you know rifle season was nine days uh bow season was a month so it's a pretty easy choice yeah well also what 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 bow hunting has done for me and my group of friends is none of us are really into golf or very good at it but golf is one of those sports that you could you could do into your older years uh so so as you as you get older well it's the same with bow hunting Except for us, bow hunting is a lot more exciting, and it really did bring us together. 
we, we have a, a new thing to talk about. A lot of people are getting married. So life is changing. We're not going to the bars as often anymore, but bow hunting has really brought us together. We could talk about bows, the new bows that are coming out, getting together and shooting. I have friends that live in cities on the West coast and they're buying bows now. I mean, I think it's just the combination of Joe Rogan and myself. And, uh, next thing you know, we're talking on the phone for an hour about, about shooting arrows. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Are you pretty tight with Joe? No, no, no. I don't know Joe at all, but my friends like to listen to him. And so do I. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, no, he it's, it's nice when you have somebody with such a large platform that is actually vocal about supporting bow hunting. So it's, that's very valuable. Done a lot to help the industry. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's cool because I have friends that didn't have any interest in hunting at all. And then now that they've heard about it on Joe Rogan, that's what they'll mention to me. And then yeah. next thing you know, that they're, they're buying a bow or they want to go and shoot my bow or, or whatever. Um, but it, but it's, it's all really good stuff. Very cool. Well, and that's, you know, helps the sport. The more we get. It does. I think, uh, I think a lot of people also really appreciate how hard bow hunting is. So for me, when I, when I first picked it up, I wasn't sure if I would like it and I'm pretty cheap at first. So I didn't even buy a bow. I just rented an old bow from one of my friends. And uh, every time I'd pull it back, it would actually squeak. And then I didn't, even, I didn't buy camo either. I had blue sweatpants and, and I just went out into the woods and I was like, all right, I'm going to see if I'm going to like this or not. Well, I went probably 20 times my first year and I saw some deer probably four or five times, but every time I'd pull back the bow, they, uh, they ran away. So, so I didn't have any success that first year but I like the challenge of it. And I like just being out in the woods and not having my phone on me. And it was really relaxing. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to put a little more money behind this. And, uh, I went ahead and I bought a much better bow and it was the, it was the, uh, the previous year's model. So I got it for half off. And then, um, I want to say the second time I went bow hunting after that, I had my, my first, successful uh whitetail trip nice that's pretty exciting it, it was awesome and and then i was addicted ever since excellent and so you, you so it wasn't brand new to you because you'd been doing you've been hunting for a while so it wasn't like it was just completely out of the blue but the bow hunting was just brand new correct bow hunting was brand new the only hunting i really did was uh was was bird hunting for, for the most part, ducks and geese. Um, I did a little bit of rabbit hunting when I lived in the desert, but for the most part, it was, it was just, just waterfowl and waterfowl is a whole nother, um, type of hunting. And it definitely has it's, uh, it's pros, especially from a, from a social standpoint. I, I, I love sitting in a duck blind and getting together with my friends and just having a good time. That's, that's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, mine too yeah that's uh yeah you you start talking about expensive man you start talking about bird hunting then it the the numbers rack up pretty quick yeah bird hunting definitely gets crazy i yeah i I, I will say this though some some of these bow hunts now especially these guided hunts 
and Colorado and things like that, they are getting pretty pricey as well. Yes. Especially if you want to get a bull elk or something like that. Yeah, or sheep. It's probably why I haven't shot any sheep. I'm not yeah. I'm not super lucky to draw and uh I, I'm not exactly willing to trade in my house for a, a sheep tag just yet. Yeah. Well also with a bow on top of that, sheep are pretty hardcore. So you need to be at least in decent shape to get out there and find one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's there's there's definitely a level like when you hear somebody talk about, oh, I I got my sheep slam. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And then you say, <laughs> then you hear somebody say, yeah, I got my sheep slam with a bow, and you're like, okay, you earned it. I don't care, <laughs> you know what happened. You you definitely earned that chunk of it. So, yeah, no, that that, that is a fact. Well, that's that's also something that American Hunt's trying to do. We're trying to make that available to more people. I mean, just. In, in my experience, there's a lot of people that are seasoned hunters, and what they do is they have their spots and they have their friend spots, and they really are limited to that network. Um, you, you do have the outliers. You have some guys that really make it a lifestyle, and they make sure they travel, and they, they do have a, a community throughout the whole country or the world. But for the most part, people hunt the same spots, and they dream about other spots. They'll, they'll dream about Iowa. They'll dream about Alaska but they don't really know where to start. And then, uh, you know, you, you could go to a lot of hunting publications and things like that. And you could find outfitters in the back pages and things like that. But for the most part, people are really limited to the, the network of the people that they know. And we're just trying to put everything in one place. So people can gotcha. not only dream, but they could also access. Absolutely. We try to do some of that at, at convention, you know, where we'll have some of those guys that do travel all over, you know, the Frank Noskas, and they do a, a talk at, at some of our conventions on, hey, here's how to get started with DIY Alaska. And so it's nice to get some of that information. Absolutely. And we're, we're trying to do the same thing, except we want it to be available, you know, 24-7. So whenever, maybe someone can't make the convention, but they could, they could go online anytime they want. Gotcha. Well, I think that's a whole lot better than just like broadcasting, you know, Frank's number for people to just call twenty four seven. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure he'd he'd appreciate that. Well, I I definitely respect him for that because uh, that is that is no small feat. Yeah. So so tell us where you guys are headed. We know where you're at now. You're getting your. I, I know you've had some some brand new uh, versions pop as far as the uh the the software so tell us where you guys are headed in the future what what can we expect out of american hunt going forward yeah so right now we just uh, we just released version two at the pope and young trade show and we are starting to list services and uh and properties and if anyone that's listening to this actually has some properties or a service definitely come check us out um we're we're free to list we take 10% um, and it's only when the transaction is rendered or when the service is rendered. So there's no upfront cost. And um, we plan on going national this year. We just, we wanna have hunting, fishing and all outdoor recreation available to everybody throughout all 50 states. 
and we nice. just want it to be with the click of a couple of buttons. Now, you also use that 10% um, to give back to conservation, though. We do. So we actually have promo codes. And what we're doing right now is uh, if you log in with a promo code, then then uh, a percentage of that will actually be knocked off. So if you type in the Pope and Young promo code, and it's Pope Young, you get 5% off your first transaction. And then Pope and Young will also get 5% of that transaction as well. So you could go hunting or fishing and help Pope and Young, just like yes, that. exactly. And then we also really want to encourage everyone that is going bow hunting to sign up for Pope and young. Um, and anyone that's, that's new to the industry, it's really important that they understand that that conservation is, is critical to continue this lifestyle. And, yeah. and that's why it's, it's so important to join things. What, whatever your club may be, if you're into duck hunting, join ducks unlimited. If you're into bow hunting, join Pope and young. If you're into conservation, join Boone and Crockett or join all three um, because it's really important to give back. A lot, of, a lot of people that aren't in the hunting world, they don't seem to understand that hunters contribute more to conservation than anybody else. And a lot of, a lot of, another thing that a lot of people don't seem to understand is if you're hunting legally, you're hunting with tags, which means those animals need to be taken out of the herd. Essentially, they're not going to issue tags that for, for herds that that are suffering because they yeah. want to keep the population alive and healthy. Yeah, in essence, we're we're taking the surplus. Exactly, exactly. You you, you said it better than I did, but um, we we really are trying to encourage people to get out there enjoy the, the outdoors but however you're enjoying it find whichever group that caters to that activity and and at a bare minimum join them and then if you can afford to donate you should definitely do that as well because those are the groups that are really on the front lines to protect you know your lifestyle and, and, and what you love to do well and to further that you know i i don't think people understand not only does your membership numbers you know $45 to be an annual member of Pope and Young. Not only do we take that $45 and further your rights as a bow hunter, but if we can go before state legislation and say, Hey, we're here to represent, um, you know, 20,000 bow hunters across America, or, or as opposed to that, we're here to represent 2 million bow hunters across America. What has more pull? Um, and so you're not only giving your $45 for bow hunting conservation, but we're stronger and we're united. And, and if we can go before state legislation with, with bigger numbers to fight for those rights, it means more. So uh, that's something that, that just slips a lot of people's minds sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But the, the, the way we're really trying to give back is we're trying to give promo codes, especially to conservation groups, so they could actually get a percentage of, of our transactions as well. And then for all the bow hunters that are out there, Pope Young is uh, the promo code for Pope and Young. And uh, definitely use that if you decide to use our services. Outstanding. And so where do they find you? We are at AmericanHunt.com. Okay, that's pretty simple. 
It, it is very straightforward. We made things as easy to use as possible. And uh, definitely check us out. And uh, if, if you have any questions or anything like that, feel free to email me at info at AmericanHunt.com. Okay. That's good. And then they can check it out. I'm sure there's contact information on the website as well. There absolutely is. And then also, if anyone forgets uh, their promo code, feel free to, to email us, and then we'll, 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 set, we'll, we'll tell them about the Pope and Young promo Excellent. code that way as well. Okay. Well, that's and, – and so this is, just so people know, this is basically when you talk about pretty new, the concepts, you, you've been working on it for a while, but, but the, the new drop itself basically happened within the last two weeks. Exactly. Yes. Okay. It, it is brand spanking new. It's, uh, it's clean. We're incredibly proud of it. We've been working on it for literally years now. And uh, this is really how we're trying to uh, contribute to the, to the outdoor community. Um, we, we really want to get more people outdoors hunting and fishing and ATV off-roading, whatever it may be. Um, a lot of people seem to forget that when people were coming over to America, it was, it was illegal to go hunting in England or in Ireland um, because some Lord or the King or whatever, if, if you were, that's why they had gillies. If, if you, if you were to, to, to take the King's deer, that, that could be a capital offense. But then people came to America so they could provide for their families. They could go out into the wilderness. And um, we want to keep that, that tradition alive in America. That's definitely one of our goals. Well, I like that tradition, so I'm all for that one staying around. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, we're we're really excited about working with Pope and Young now and into the the long term future. Uh, long term future. You bet. Well, we're we're excited to be a partner. It's kind of nice um, when when you get to 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 be there when somebody's just getting going because you just never know where this could go and in 10 years, like I said, man, I don't need the front seat on, you know, the American hot private jet. Just get me a seat on the jet. Well, we're not thinking about jets at all right now, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely uh, keep you in mind as, as properties start to come about. Nice. And we'll, we'll, tr we'll try to get you some primo spots if, if, <laughs> if that ever becomes an option for us. Well, and now I have the website and I have the promo code, so I'm I'm good to go. That's right. That's five percent yeah. off to you, five percent to Pope and Young, and then you get to go on a hunt that you didn't even know existed. That's awesome. I I need to go on a few more hunts. I'm working on that. So, um, so next thing up, Nick, is uh, one of the things we do every week on our show is we have one question that we ask every single guest. And that was when you're out in the woods, in your tree stand, on the mountain, what is one piece of equipment, maybe a non-traditional item that you find yourself taking along that you can't live without? Man, this sounds crazy, but uh, I have to have snacks. I'm, I'm a big boy, and when I'm sitting in the tree stand... And I haven't, uh, I haven't seen anything for a couple of hours. I like to have a little snack. 
And, and what is there a particular snack that you have? Well, if if it's at the beginning of uh, of deer season, some of my friends, their tradition is actually to save some of the jerky from the previous year. So so that that's that's ideal. Uh, but if we're all out of jerky, I'll settle for some uh, some store bought beef jerky. Okay. Have you ever had Uncrustables? Oh, Lord, I have actually. Again. Those are here those are the go. best. No one likes okay. crust. You know, Jason, I uh, I did a podcast at Mountain Archery Fest, um, and I actually introduced um, Uncrustables as the national snack for bow hunters all across America. <laughs> <laughs> they're either going to love that or they're really going to hate it. I'm yeah, not sure. one of the two. I told somebody, I said, man, well, I was with the guys from Initial Ascent, and uh, and I told them as we were podcasting, I said, listen, if anybody – has a contact at Uncrustables um, or Smuckers. Um, you gotta, you gotta get me in touch with them because I think I've sold uh, Pope and Young and the podcast has probably sold more Uncrustables to bow hunters in the last year than than they know what to do with because they're probably I, just. I mean, we we rave about those things. I, I'll tell you, I'd never tried one. And then who was it, Nick, that was talking about that? The the originally Nick the Nick yeah. Mark brought it up. Yeah, so Nick brought up Uncrustables. I'm like, what? Like frozen sandwiches? Okay. And then we tried them out. We actually, at the Mountain Archery Festival in in Utah, we actually bought some Uncrustables, and I, I'm, I was surprised at how good of a snack they were. Yeah, who, who doesn't like peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless it's great, and then that's just nasty. But yeah, the strawberry ones, uh, I mean, they were good. So, all right. So we're going to put Nick down for snacks. So would you like to be just snacks or jerky? You want to be jerky? Yeah, let's go with jerky. Okay. All right. I like that. And I like the nod to last year's harvest. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really awesome. And th- that wasn't my idea. That's actually something that, that I took from my buddy, Neil. Um, he, he's, he's one of the guys that, that taught me how to, how to bow hunt. And uh, that's a tradition that he taught me, and I am now carrying it on. I think that's nice that your jerky lasts a whole year. Mine well, you got to say just a little to, bit. Yeah, mine does not tend to last that long. Maybe I don't make very good jerky. Yeah. And then do you do it yourself or do you have it done? I do it myself. Okay. So yeah, I have, I have a smoker and then, uh, that's, that's how I go about it. Gotcha. All right. And what's your favorite animal to make jerky out of? So far, white tailed deer. Fair enough. That's, uh, fits right along with us. That happens to be the number one species entered into our record books. It makes sense. They they yeah. are delicious creatures. Delicious and very popular to hunt, very wily, and definitely test your skill as a bow hunter. Yeah, and then and then where I live, uh, they, they eat a lot of acorns, so uh, I think they taste even better where in in my area. But I'm not gotcha. trying to to start any any fights or anything about that. Yeah. So so what you're saying is now. Arkansas is is the duck hunting capital and the unquote, of the world, and the the deer, best flavored deer capital 
of the world right, as well. So, so officially, we are the duck hunting capital of, of the world. We have the trout capital of America. And then, yeah, we're, we're, we're up there for the flavor of whitetail. Our whitetails aren't as big as you get up up north. But uh, as far as flavors And if you like Walmart, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, when I hear Arkansas claiming some of these things, like the duck hunting capital of the world and and trout. Yeah, just just, just be careful. Be careful what you say. I'm just saying, man. I'm thinking some of these folks ain't ever left Arkansas. Hey, Arkansas is the only state mentioned in the Bible. Did you know that? What? I'm pretty sure Arkansas was not a state when the Bible was written. Noah looked out of the ark and saw, is what it says. That's a stretch, yeah. He was, in, he, he was looking at Stuttgart, no. the duck hunting capital of the world. Say, then it goes on and to say he was looking was at Connor, the trout, the trout capital of America. And then it goes on to say it was a barren land, is what it goes on to say. Yeah. Well, no longer. No, so. listen, Nick. I got it. I got it. So I grew up in Northwest Arkansas, born and raised. That's where all my folks are from. Uh, still live there. And, uh, you know, I grew up hunting those deer that only eat acorns. And then I moved to Kansas, and, and now I eat deer that constantly are eating corn and soybeans. And and uh, they're way better. They're way better. A lot more fat on them. A lot better taste. And they're eating a lot more quality food. Um, but then... I told somebody about corn-fed deer, and they said, well, listen, it's nothing until you hunt in uh, Hawaii and you eat and you eat animals that are eating, you know, macadamia nuts. And he's like, then it's just the best, and it's sweet, and it's delicious. And I'm like, okay, well, I can see that too. Yeah, well, well, from, uh, from another podcast that we're all familiar with, the Joe Rogan experience, I would like to try Axis deer for sure. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. But it sounds like they're super hard to shoot with a bow, so so I might I might have to go with someone that's a little bit of a better bow hunter than myself. <laughs> we'll call Frank Noska. That go. sounds good to me. You know, and and if Joe Rogan's listening, you know, maybe we should do a podcast from Hawaii hunting deer. Shout out to I, Rogan. I, hey, yeah, I do. I think we're say reaching this. on that one, guys. I, you know, it, we reach every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what we're good at oh man so, uh, jason i saw something so so we had um robbie kroger is that how you say his name yeah from blood origins on the show and uh and he did a shout out um against joe rogan uh joe rogan had said something about hunting in africa and 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 spoke about hunting in africa in a negative term and and robbie from blood origins did a shout out against him and said listen um, said all the benefits of hunting Africa and all the resources it provides the people. And he said, if you just get back to me, we'll take you to Africa on us. Um, and, and I believe that Blood Origins is now going on a hunt with Joe Rogan because they they they, they worked that out. And uh, so that was really cool to see uh, Blood Origins figure that out with, with uh, Joe Rogan. That's an awesome story to hear. That's And that was on our podcast? No, 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 no. no. Uh, we just had Robbie on the podcast, but but he put out yeah. a video saying, um, "Make sure this reaches Joe Rogan." Um, you know, everybody, and, and within like an hour, Joe Rogan had reached out and said, "Hey, I saw your video. Um, I'm anxious to learn about hunting uh, in Africa by actually hunting in Africa uh, with you, as you called me out or whatever." And so um, they're headed to Africa. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about that story 
is isn't just them going to Africa and going on a legendary hunt, but sometimes you just talk things out in, instead of just you know insulting each other. You know, it sounds like they they had a conversation, they worked it out, and now they're probably friends, which is super cool. Yeah, well that and, works. Uh, well. I I also encourage hunters or any outdoorsman if anyone i mean there's people that are definite haters and sometimes just just sit down and talk to them and and, you know let them know things from your perspective and hopefully you could you know at at a bare minimum change uh change their viewpoint and then potentially they could uh embrace the lifestyle as well I, now, like I don't it. know. I don't know if I've told this story on this podcast before, but um, I got a a comment on one of my posts um, on my personal page one time about um, how could I do this? Blah blah blah. You know, you filthy rotten, dirty rotten scoundrel. And uh, and I decided that I was not going to um, respond to their comment publicly, uh, but rather I just messaged the person and I said, you know, before we begin this conversation. I just want to introduce myself. My name is Dylan Ray. Uh, I, I'm a husband to to, uh, and I'm a wife to three children. I'm a, you know, just told them about myself. And in that moment, um, I and by her response, you could almost just tell that it was like a, oh, you're just a regular guy from Kansas. You're not you're not some bloodthirsty uh, guy out to kill whatever he sees. Um, and, and and through that, we really got to have a good conversation about what hunting does. Uh, what hunting does for me, what hunting does for my family. And, uh, but, but, so I'll just say that don't publicly lash out against people and say, well, you let us eating whatever. Uh, but, but rather, you know, do it privately, talk them off the ledge, tell them, you know, tell them personally what it means to be a hunter. And, uh, and you'll see a big difference, um, rather than everybody getting involved and fighting back and forth on social media, uh, because that's what Robbie did. And Robbie said, listen, Joe, um, just reach out to me personally. We don't have to do this publicly. Let's just talk about hunting in Africa. And uh, and like you said, Nick, it seems as though good came from it. So, yeah, yeah. And then and then if you are talking to people about hunting, you know that a, a lot of people that don't like hunting, they're not familiar with terms like fair chase. They're not familiar with terms like carrying capacity. They just think you know everything's honky dory, and you know. They they don't understand that you have to manage these populations. And then, uh, and then also to your point, Dylan, don't call people out publicly. If if people are called out publicly, they get defensive and and it's really good just to approach someone as a person and do it privately. So, so you can have an actual conversation. Yeah, absolutely. There's two things I don't publicly argue on social media and that's religion and hunting. Uh, you want to talk about them, message me, call me, we'll talk all day long. Uh, but, but publicly where other people can get the wrong idea about what I'm saying. And, and then, you know, you get this guy from over here arguing, this guy from over here arguing, and, and then it's just one big, uh, fighting, um, match. No, uh, but you can reach out to me, uh, independently. And I'd love to chat with you, you know, uh, because it's going to go a lot more smoother and, and, and there will actually be ground made if we, if we do it that way. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's a lesson for a lot of people. And I think there's a, a lot of folks get on their little computer in their mom's basement or wherever, and there's no repercussions for throwing stones at everybody else. And it's, uh, it, it would, I think it was a nicer world when you actually had to face the people that you were talking trash about. 
there's probably a lot of truth to that. Yeah. So, but that's, at least the that more can, polite world. Yeah, that that's a whole nother show. But so, well, well, guys, I just want to I want to thank you, Nick. We're we're really excited about having American Hunt on board. Can't wait to see um, you know where you guys are headed in the next next year. And we appreciate the support and letting us be there at the beginning when you guys are getting up and getting running and, and giving us a chance, giving our members a, a discount and, and kicking some back to conservation and, and bow hunting. Well, we appreciate it. We're glad to do it. Um, thank you guys both for, for supporting us. Thank you, Pope, Pope and Young for supporting us. And um, yeah, we, we really hope to, to grow with you guys and with the industry and uh hopefully future generations are going to continue to bow hunt and just get outdoors and enjoy what what god gave us i like it well hey thanks again for being here and uh let's, let's do it again sometime i look forward to it thanks again guys and uh i'll talk to you soon real good thanks for listening everyone